colleges around the country are having second thoughts about opening up for in-person classes. Britney Spears' lawyer says she no longer wants her dad to be running her finances alone. And House Oversight Committee Chair Carolyn Maloney is with us to talk about what Congress is doing about delays at the U.S. Postal Service ahead of the election. The date, August 19th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey, everyone. I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Okay, Hayes, I need to talk about my favorite story that I saw. It's snowing chocolate in Switzerland. Wait. <laughs> Excuse me? No, repeat that. <laughs> what? It, it's snowing chocolate in Switzerland. Okay, so there was some sort of malfunction at a lint and sprungly chocolate factory in Switzerland that caused tiny pieces of cocoa to, to fall down from the sky. Oh, wow. Like, so much so that it covered a car Wait, in a dusting of cocoa. That sounds so annoying and delicious at the same time. <laughs> no, it is not annoying. <laughs> it's not your car, Casey. I'm pretty sure if, you, if, if, if there were chocolate instead of pollen on your car, it would be listen, annoying. Listen, I don't, I don't think it's just me either. So the, um, the New York Daily News, they said, although Lint and Sprungly said it is willing to pay for cleaning if needed, nobody has asked the company to do so. <laughs> Oh, wow. And I think that is the purest, best thing ever. Listen, as someone who grew up in L.A. and the only type of snow we got was ashes falling from fires, um, I'm going to take chocolate over that. <laughs> I, I can totally see that. Also, can we make this like a weird new stereotype about Switzerland? They already have Swiss yes. Smith chocolate. Yes. So now we just claim <laughs> that their snowfalls sometimes just happen to be chocolate as well. <laughs> OK, it's time for today's top stories. Here's what you need to know. Last night was night two of the DNC, and Joe Biden is officially the Democratic nominee for president. It took a few steps to get there, though. First, both he and his main opponent in the primaries, Senator Bernie Sanders, had to be officially nominated so the delegates they won could be counted. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez seconded Sanders' nomination in a short speech, which confused a lot of people. But it was all part of the process, and AOC says she does intend to vote for Biden in November. Then, all 50 states and seven territories announced their delegates' votes. Usually, the roll call is pretty meh. But this year, it was one of the few things that this pandemic made better as we took a tour of the country, with each place showing off something special about them. Some were beautiful, some were powerful, and some were delightfully weird, like audience favorite Rhode Island. They chose to show off their state appetizer, featuring the state Democratic Party chairman standing on a beach next to a chef in a mask holding a platter of calamari. Rhode Island, the ocean state, where our restaurant and fishing industry have been decimated by this pandemic, are lucky to have a governor, Gina Raimondo, whose program lets our fishermen sell their catches directly to the public, and our state appetizer, calamari, is available in all 50 states. The calamari comeback state of Rhode Island casts one vote for Bernie Sanders and 34 votes for the next president, Joe Biden. When it was all over, Biden's nomination got a virtual balloon drop, mixing all the awkwardness of a Zoom birthday party with the awkwardness of a political convention, people clapping in two dozen little windows, celebration blaring. It was truly the best and weirdest thing. Meanwhile, colleges that have been opening up for in-person classes are quickly backtracking as cases on campus have surged. 
The University of North Carolina Chapel Hill decided to suspend in-person classes on Monday after its first week back. In that time, 177 students tested positive for COVID-19, with another 350 in quarantine. With 30,000 undergraduates, UNC was one of the largest schools to bring students back to campus. The pivot to remote learning, by the way, came just hours after the deadline to drop classes and have tuition refunded. That choice was soon followed by two other huge Midwestern schools yesterday. Classes at Notre Dame started up on August 3rd, and since then, almost 150 students have tested positive. In-person classes will be suspended for undergraduates until September 2nd. And at Michigan State University, go green, students haven't even gotten back to campus yet, but administrators have decided to go fully remote for the fall semester. These changes come as the World Health Organization has warned that young people are becoming the main spreader of COVID-19. In Asia, where case numbers had previously fallen dramatically, the WHO now says, quote, people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s are increasingly driving the spread. And since their symptoms are milder usually, many aren't realizing that they're even really all that sick, transferring the disease to more vulnerable populations. It is really rubbing me the wrong way about uh, UNC making this decision hours after the deadline to drop classes and have tuition refunded. I'm, it's not great. So the email went around to students around like 3.30-ish or so saying, okay, we're doing all virtual, guys. 5 p.m. was the deadline to drop. So no. if you didn't just happen to be checking your mail and you were, didn't want to do all online classes, you were out of luck. I feel for the people who had like... Uh, really like workshop based classes or like like art students and stuff like that. You know, but it, it, it's not even that. I mean, at the price that students and or their parents are paying, it's like you're also paying for the experience of going to college. True. And it's just not the same. At this point, it's like take community college classes from from home, which, to be honest, I know a lot of people who do that for the first two years to save money and then transfer to a bigger school. And it's just like something I think that, you know, like more Gen Z is thinking about, too. Like, do I really want to be in this much debt? And so now it's like I- I'm going to be in this much debt and I don't even go to college. <laughs> right. I, I got to say really quickly, uh, Michigan State, the call for them to close before students get back, totally the right one. They were East Lansing, which is the city that it's in, had already had a huge outbreak just from people going to bars right when they reopened. And I'm like, yeah, that that tracks complete. I do not trust anyone on that campus to stay socially <laughs> distant. Based on my memories there. No, they, they made the right call. <laughs> And um, Hayes, you know how everyone liked the calamari appetizer from Rhode Island? Yes. Um, do you know what they should have uh, shown on screen? What? A cabinet. <laughs> call back. We got a call back <laughs> to yesterday, people. I now know what cabinets are. <laughs> what are milkshake with coffee, right? <laughs> yeah, milkshakes in general, apparently, and they, you can't have one with coffee. Yes. Okay, Casey, what have you got lined up today? Well, Britney Spears apparently wants her father, Jamie, to no longer be the only person in control of her financial conservatorship. We talked about Britney's conservatorship a few weeks ago in the context of the Free Britney movement online and on TikTok. Now Britney's court-appointed lawyer has filed documents saying that she wants a woman named Jody Montgomery to be in charge of her estate. Montgomery has been temporarily calling the shots for many decisions around Britney's well-being since last year, while her father continues running her finances. According to TMZ, Britney now wants Montgomery's temporary role to be made permanent. 
Those same court filings say that Brittany wants a qualified corporate fiduciary, a bank basically, to be in charge of her business dealings. It's not clear if that arrangement would leave Jamie with any say in her finances. That's all really interesting in that I didn't realize until now that her father didn't have control over her entire life. I thought that she was in charge of her well-being and in charge of her money. So it's just her money, which is interesting. Well, I guess it was just in this last year, though, that someone else became in charge of her well-being. But I mean, I find this all just like so interesting and confusing as to many other people, because this has been happening. This free Britney like hashtag has been happening for over a decade at this point. So I think and and it is interesting because it really has picked up on TikTok and she is on TikTok that I'm wondering, it's like, you know, has she been seeing these? Has it made her want to push for this, you know? All right, after this break, we're talking with House Oversight Committee Chair Carolyn Maloney. Be right back. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Give us your attention. We need everything you got fast. Waiting on reparations. We be the illest podcast. Tune in every Thursday. Politics and wordplay. We fight for the people because they got us in the worst way. From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye. From the left enclave to what the neocons say. Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation. And break us off with some bread because we waiting on reparations. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes, reveal the truth behind the legendary game True American, and discuss how the show got made with the writers, guest stars, and directors who made the show so special. Fans have been begging us to do a New Girl recap for years, and we finally made a podcast where we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, each week you'll hear hilarious stories like this. At the end when he says, you got some Schmidt on your face, I feel like I pitched that joke. I believe that. I feel like I did. I'm not a thousand percent. I want to say that was, I I, I tossed that one out. Listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we've got the privilege of being joined by Representative Carolyn Maloney. She represents New York's 12th District and is chair of the House Oversight Committee. Congresswoman, thank you for being here with us. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's my honor. So your committee is going to be questioning Postmaster General Louis DeJoy on Monday. Yesterday, DeJoy put out a statement saying he was suspending all of the changes he's put into place since he took the job in July until after the election to, quote, avoid even the appearance of any impact on election mail. Does that go far enough to satisfy your concerns, Congresswoman? Uh, no, it doesn't. But it's a it's a nice change in events, quite frankly. Uh, and also uh, on Friday, the Senate, uh, McConnell has announced that he's having a hearing. 
So there'll be a hearing on Friday. Then, you know, on Saturday, we had scheduled a vote on my bill, Delivering for America. Even though he says he will cease, I think we should trust but verify. And the way to trust and verify is by passing the bill on Saturday, which will do exactly what he says, cease all of these actions until after the election and after the pandemic, making these dramatic changes in the worst pandemic in my lifetime, when so many seniors and veterans are delivering or dependent on the mail for their medications, their mail, the packages, people are quarantined, they need their packages, they need their supplies, and businesses need are working out of their homes and they need to, to depend on the mail to conduct business. So this is a really crisis time for our nation, for many, many people that are suffering, and we don't need to add more confusion, more inconvenience, and not to mention a pillar of our of our whole country is not only the post office, but also our our votes. And many people, because of physical reasons or others, are not able to vote in person or to vote early. So voting by mail is essential to our democracy. Like you said, Postmaster General DeJoy will be testifying in the Senate on Friday ahead of your hearing. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer said today that Russell Reynolds Associates, the executive search firm that helped the USPS select DeJoy, is withholding information about their process from him. Are you considering subpoenaing them or any other group? Everything is on the table. Everything Mm -hmm. is on the table. We have requested documentation, and we sent a a detailed 10-page letter asking about the whole process, how they came up with these decisions. They're supposed to work with the Board of Governors, announce what they're doing. They're supposed to announce such major changes that literally slow down the mail, which we want to reverse. Anything that speeds up the mail is what we want, particularly with an election. So it's really, uh, really troubling what happened. There are many things that are unanswered, but we gave him a deadline of Friday to receive the documentation that we asked for. We have been talking to the the post office. They have not indicated to us whether or not they would give us the documentation that we are asking for. If they do not, all options are on the table, including a subpoena. So you say all options are on the table, but suppose you do find evidence during this investigation that there was an order to slow down the mail, that it was about the election and it came from the president. Is impeachment an option at this point? I would say that it's it's so close to the election, I would say no. We already impeached him in the House, as you know. And I was part of that uh, uh, leadership committee uh, composed of several chairs of committees that uh, participated in the, in the leadership of that effort. We impeached him. He was not convicted in the Senate at this date, so close to the election. We, we have a, an election process in front of me, in front of you. We'll all have our candidates. I am su- supporting uh, Vice President Joe Biden. And uh, I think that uh, it's, it's just two months away. I think we will go to mm-hmm. the election and have the people of America decide. In the next Congress, do you plan on remaining chair of the Oversight Committee? And if President Trump isn't reelected, will you continue your investigations into his administration? It's hard to talk about hypotheticals and what mm-hmm. you're going to do um, and, and how you're going to spend your time. Um, I personally like to accomplish things that help the American people. Uh, I want to save the post office. I want that service to be there. 
and to be strengthened. Uh, it's part of our democracy. It existed literally before our constitution, the Pony Express, and it's a pillar of our democracy and it's enshrined in our constitution. I'm excited about doing that. I would like very much to continue as chair of the oversight committee, very much so. I, I love the committee. I love the work that it's doing. As far as the agenda, it is one that we as a caucus work on and certainly the committee members work on, on what are the pressing issues before America. It's hard to say what you're going to do because you never know if you're going to have a 9-11, a Sandy, a financial crisis, or uh, a new opportunity to really strengthen health care. Uh, so it's, it's really uh, uh, very much uh, up in the air at this point. So just to follow up on that really quickly. So you say that you can't see the agenda moving forward, and that's very true. But uh, even if your committee specifically isn't looking into the actions of the Trump administration, if he's not reelected, do you support the idea of, say, a Truth and Reconciliation Commission to actually figure out what was done during the administration? Yes, exactly. And and I, I if you have committed a crime, uh, then you should be investigated and held accountable. Uh, but we have 20 attorney generals that are suing, as we speak right now, the administration and the post office for disrupting the mail service. If it comes out that there is a, uh, a crime, an effort to steal ballots from people, to suppress the uh, election, to suppress the votes, then that is something that law enforcement it's their responsibility to build that case. Uh, so I would assume that the attorney generals would continue looking at this. Uh, my own attorney general, uh, Tish James, is one of the leaders in this effort. I trust her abilities and her judgment completely. And it's uh, we all have a responsibility. Uh, my responsibility on the oversight committee is to save the post office, to save that service for the American people. That's what I'm working on. Law enforcement is looking at wrongdoings and, and this type of thing, and, and prosecutors are looking at it. They have the, the staffing and the, um, you know, the preparation uh, have been trained uh, to enforce the laws. But if it comes out that there are violations and crimes that have been committed, then they will definitely be brought to the attention of attorney generals and mm -hmm. others across the country. All right, Congresswoman, I know you're busy, so one last question. Uh, you represent part of New York City. I'm just outside your district. Uh, right now, the teachers union here is pressing the mayor for a delay in schools reopening. As a former teacher, do you agree with them? Should there be a delay? I, I tell you, I, I am a former teacher. Last night, uh, Jill Biden's speech was my favorite, uh, talking about healing the family of America, bringing us together, and being in a classroom. I thought it was a beautiful thing. But right now, I'm up to my neck on, uh, on the post office. There's a whole team of people that are studying what is safe, what is not. There is choice for parents. They do not have to have their children in school. They can homeschool if they so choose. But this is a decision that uh, people that are working on it right now, I don't want to second guess and jump in ahead of uh, people that are, uh, you know, that I trust in the state legislature, in the city council that are working on this, and they're working on it 100, 100 degrees. They're working, uh, you know, all day long and all night on it. So I have been, believe me, the post office has me right now pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty up to my neck in that. And from where we started, where we were trying to stop this uh, action that was slowing down the mail and reversing it, that's the purpose of my legislation, we've made some good progress. 
They have suspended these activities. We need to trust but verify that they truly have suspended them and that the damage that they have done, they have corrected. And uh, that is what I have been uh, having sleepless nights over right now. Um, as a former teacher, it makes me happy to see the classroom. I got to tell you that, but uh, but I can't really respond intelligently on it because I have not studied the search situation mm-hmm. here in New York. Well, Congresswoman, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, I love BuzzFeed. It's my <laughs> program, and uh, and, and uh, let's talk after the hearing and after the vote and see where we are in protecting the Postal Service for the American people. Thank you Sounds so much good. for having me. Thank you. Okay, before we wrap today, time for a quick segment we're calling Inbox O'Clock. It's where we take a second to go through our inbox and highlight some of what y'all have to say. Yesterday, we asked you what your kind of out there plan B careers would be, and you had some great responses. First up is Kat, a video game artist whose career seems pretty secure, but she has some backup options. My alternatives are to either become a prosthetist which is like someone who makes prosthetic limbs because I can already do like 3D art. Like my uh, my skills would be transferable to that. So making prosthetic eyeballs for people and stuff or um, becoming a dominatrix. And uh, I haven't thought through that one as much, but those are my two possibilities. Thanks, y'all. We also got some great responses in our DMs on Twitter. At Z Fondly wrote... My college roommate and I daydream about opening a place that's a coffee shop, bookstore during the day, and a bar at night. We threatened to open it every time we wanted to drop out of engineering school, and honestly, we still do when we hate our jobs, LMAO. We also heard from at RavenLenore01, who actually managed to follow their dreams. They said that when they turned 40, they went back to school and are now a certified small animal massage therapist, you know, for dogs, cats, etc., They said, quote, yes, people pay for this and people who pay for this love their animals. I want to love what I do, bring comfort to animals in pain and work with people who love their animals. They also explained, quote, this is a dream plan B job because it would be amazing, but doesn't pay the bills. Oh, womp womp. But I I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> I know. It's really cute to picture. It. It's like, oh, let me work out those little knots in your back. I know. I actually read that. I read that response while I was petting my boyfriend's cat. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is therapeutic for the animal and me. Oh, and really quickly, going back to uh, the plan that Ad Z fondly wrote, uh, I love the idea, but there is there are places like that, like uh, in Washington D.C., Kramer Books, uh, at the Afterwards Cafe is a place that I really loved in Dupont Circle, where that is the exact vibe. You go in there; it's a bookstore and coffee shop in the day and the night. It's a bar, and it's wonderful. And more places should have that. Yes, definitely. So I support their dream. (laughs) And also yesterday, we told you about the Disney Channel show, The Owl House, which has Disney's first bisexual lead character. Mark from Carlstad, Minnesota, emailed us to remind us that Disney has still made some um, interesting choices in the name of its family-friendly image. Mark pointed to the series Love, Victor, which was going to be on Disney+, Plus, but was moved to Hulu. Mark thinks the change was because of Love, Victor's queer content, which he finds suspect considering that they constantly promote Avengers Endgame, which has a decapitation in the first 30 minutes of the movie. He ends, quote, I love every bit of queer representation that Disney has. 
all the while giving them side eye. That really tracks with your position, I feel like, Casey. It does. I feel like I feel like that is like the perfect quote for it. It's just like, I am going to love this for every ounce of queerness it is, but I'm going to give them side eye while I'm doing it. <laughs> That's it for today. Join us tomorrow when Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer takes the time to join us. And remember, if you see chocolate snow in your neighborhood, please first check to see if you have a chocolate factory nearby before you taste it. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Seven iconic housewives from four different cities. Look at this water. We're going to give them something to talk about. Vacation at Turks and Caicos. It's a party now. The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. All episodes streaming now, only on Peacock. Hello, I'm Minnie Driver, and on my podcast, Mini Questions, I put together a little experiment. I ask trailblazers across different disciplines the same seven questions. Questions about the inflection points in their life, what they like least about themselves, and what relationship has defined love for them. This season, I'm coming back with new trailblazers, like Blondie vocalist Debbie Harry, I did have a revelation. It was at CBGB's, as a matter of fact. I was waiting for the audience to give it to me, give it to me. Then I realized that I had to make them. I had to command them. Artist and creative juggernaut Goldie. And I walk up to the mountain, I hike up. Just being in that environment and seeing life and death in front of you, right in front of you. And I go up there and scream and cry and, and, and laugh. And I find that being the happiest and many more. Join me as we continue this exploration on season two of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This season, get football on your terms with NFL Game Pass. Let's go! See every snap from every game with full game replays. What a throw, what a catch! Listen to all the action as it happens with live game audio. Watch the dog, G! Leaping grab Devontae Adams! Plus, watch your team on your time with condensed game replays. Wow! Get football on your terms with NFL Game Pass. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today.